Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Talking Ball Giants Commanders post-game live stream here on YouTube at PL on NFL. First, want to tell you about Bet Online real quick. It's a Texas showdown in the postseason, and Bet Online is your number one source for all your baseball wagering info with up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals for the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time stats, updates, news, and odds. We have everything you need to stay up to speed on each LCS all the way through to the World Series. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Where we start, a Giants victory. We have a win to talk about, 14-7, to led by the defense. Six sacks after having only five sacks leading into the game. That was a league low. Dexter Lawrence, Kayvon Thibodeau leading the way. Was impressed with Deontay Banks today. Um, Tyrod Taylor and the Giants offense scoring two touchdowns after not scoring a touchdown offensively. The Giants since week three against the Niners. They snapped it at 220 minutes. And we are going to get right to your questions right after I just remind you hit the like button hit the thumbs up as we're doing this hit subscribe on our channel at PL on NFL if you haven't already and remember we do super chats and super stickers in here you can pay some money to have your question elevated to the top of the queue and I will answer it first if you do that that supports what we do here adds a little pizzazz to the conversation and helps us continue to grow this great community we will start with Jake Patterson Loyal follower, Jake, what's up? Welcome. Defense may need to be tested for the league's drug rules since that Bills game. (laughs) Hey, man, they are playing hard and they are playing well. You know, even I want to start with a guy like an unsung guy like Nick McLeod, a guy who couldn't even get on the field early season on defense. Adoree Jackson misses this game. And what do you know? You have Trey Hawkins in there, the rookie. You have Nick McLeod stepping up, making plays when he does get a chance. Um, you, you know, you were getting a lot of good plays, key tackles from Deontay Banks on third down. Uh, Dexter Lawrence and the defensive line, of course, wrecked this game. Leonard Williams uh, had a really good game, including the block field goal, which was a big play in the second half. So uh, Okereke obviously was the leader of that defense and has been the leader of the defense. But today I thought we saw some other guys step up, which was very encouraging as well. Michael says, what's up? What's up, Michael? How you feeling after the big win, man? Or I guess after the win, because, of course, there were a lot of nervous moments in this second half, which the Giants told us about in the locker room as well. Doug Analytics. What's up, Doug? Welcome back. Says, would love to hear if you have anything to add or expand on the story you broke this morning about Dable's involvement. I'm glad you asked that, Doug, because I have fresh material from the postgame about just this topic. So I asked Darren Waller and Saquon Barkley specifically about this and Let me just go into it first. If you didn't see already, my report this morning ahead of the game was that sources told me that Brian Dable took control of the offensive meetings this week. He ran the offensive meetings. It was the first time he's done that this season. Basically, he did what he would have done as Buffalo's offensive coordinator, you know, not only talking the game plan, the game strategy, but drilling down into the details with the position groups. And so you could look at it like essentially taking over what Mike Kafka normally does and getting into the nitty gritty because Dable knew how desperate the Giants were here for a win, but also to score points and get something out of their offense. I mean, even getting the win, they still had to hold a team to seven points or to 13 points technically to do it. So nothing's fixed necessarily, but of course we did see them get in the end zone, which was positive, but let's just go right to what the players had to say. I asked Darren Waller and Saquon Barkley about Dable's involvement. I asked Waller if he thought his increased involvement had a different effect on how the offense performed in the game. Waller said, I don't think so. He was putting a lot of emphasis on small details of things. It was just more time with him running the show. I feel like it was more so the player's response to it. The week of practice that we had, the offensive line continuing on their journey, which he thinks is going to get better and better. Waller said it was just a precise week of practice Dable put in the effort this week as far as how he wanted to direct meetings. It was very intentional. Guys took a lot from it, and I feel like it showed, especially early on. I asked Barkley the same question. Saquon said, 
I think Dable did a really good job in the offensive meetings, but at the end of the day, Kafka was the one making the calls, and I think Kafka did a really good job too. We were able to get a win. So Saquon saying, hey, Dable did a good job during the week, but it was a team effort, and and Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator, did a good job as well. So those were the responses. Um, If you have more questions, you want me to get into more details of that, let me know. Happy to. But essentially what it amounted to was the head coach taking more control of the operation because he wasn't getting enough out of it. Interestingly enough, this is typically what happens when coaches, right, when the pressure is is on, when you're feeling the heat, when what you're delegating is not getting done the way you want it to. Sometimes it goes well, sometimes it does not. We saw Joe Judge kind of stop delegating and taking everything on his plate. Jason Garrett gets fired. Freddie Kitchen's not getting the job done. Joe Judge starts essentially putting everything on his plate and trying to run everything, and that just doesn't work that way. Um, Dable, of course, saw some results, especially early on in this game from what he did, uh, taking control of the offense. I mean, Tyrod Taylor had 18 of 29 passing, 279 yards and two touchdowns. Of course, once we saw the second half, um, you know, he kind of short circuited the offense, short circuited. I mean, he had 209 of those 279 passing yards in the first half, but it was enough. It was enough to win the game. It was enough to get the Giants. Uh, on to their game against the Jets next week in week eight, being at two and five rather than one and six. More importantly for the players, they're one and one in their division, and they have a lot of football left in the NFC East. That's what they're telling themselves right now. Uh, let's see. Jake says, highlight Hyatt season continues. He's averaging like 20 yards a catch. Yeah, and listen, I think Tyrod has shown you too, and we saw it with Daniel Jones in the Arizona game as well, but I think Tyrod Taylor has shown you that with Hyatt, you just have to give him a chance to make the play. You know, if you get enough protection and you max protect and you get it, get the ball down the field and give 13 a chance to make the play. Hey, Mark, what's going on? Good to see Mark Thompson here. Giants Chronicles back in. Pat, is there a way to get this season turn around? Um, I think this Jets game, just like this game, the Jets game is a huge one. Trade deadlines two days after that. I think you'll probably see the Giants making some – Moves either way, you know, a guy like Paris Campbell after they signed is really not involved. Can you get anything for him? Um, you know, looking at the way the Giants are operating right now, is it realistic that this season can be turned around? I think winning against the Jets, beating the Jets, doing so in, in an impressive way would give you a lot of life considering that you have the Patriots, the Raiders, some other beatable teams down the road on your schedule. Um, that said, I think you watched this game. The Giants barely hung on here, and it was against a Washington Commanders team that is very poorly coached. Ron Rivera making several questionable decisions in this game, running the clock out on the end of the first half, um, you know, not, not you know, accepting penalties where it was unwise to do so, like at the end of the first half, maybe even on the goal line. Instead of giving the Giants a fourth and goal at the goal line in the first half, he backs them up the third and 15, and then Waller scores his touchdown. Um, You know, if you're playing the Patriots, not a great team, but a better coaching staff, one that you think usually isn't going to shoot itself in the foot, certainly better coach than Ron Rivera. Uh, So the giant, this is their annual get right opponent. Um, They tied him last year, but it happens again here. A bunch of giants get right banks with his first interception as a, as an NFL player, Darren Waller with his first touchdown as a giant Dexter Lawrence with two sacks, Kayvon Thibodeau with one and a half. He is now over his total from his rookie year officially. I believe he has five and a half now. Let's see. Hunter Miller, what's up, Hunter, says, do you think the G-men try moving one of the wide receivers whose role is diminished? I just addressed that with Paris Campbell. will be interesting to see what happens with Sterling Shepard. Saquon Barkley with an interesting comment about Sterling Shepard after the game. He was being asked a question about the Giants bouncing back from a lot of different mistakes in the game, which was certainly a huge part of the story and kind of winning despite how they almost gave it up, including Saquon's own fumble. But when it was brought up that Shepard had, had, had muffed the punt, Saquon kind of cut off the question and said, hold on a second. I'll post this video online too. He said, hold on a second. What we're not going to do is blame and, and harp on Sterling Shepard muffing a punt because he said that's not even his position, but he's asked to be go, to go in there and do that anyway in a game. So he was extremely defensive and standing up for his guy. Sterling Shepard in that moment about like, let's not blame this on a guy who's jumping in 
to a position where, as Thomas McGahee, the special teams coach, told us this week, Jamison Crowder, the reason he didn't have a chance to win the job was because the team was handing it to Eric Gray, the rookie, who then muffs a punt early on here. Not a surprise. Happens a lot in practice and then ends up getting hurt. I don't want Eric Gray to get hurt. I hope he gets better and I hope he gets better as a player. But he's been much better at running back than he has been at returner. So it raises the question of why is he even playing in that position in the first place, which ends up resulting in Sterling Shepard dropping back there. And then you see what happens. Dante, first seed sports with a $3 super chat, super sticker. Love it, Dante. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Love it. Uh, Tuto, Tuto Azuri coming in with the $4.99 super chat. Love it, Tuto. Thank you so much. We jump right to the super chat, super super sticker questions first, and then I will get right back into the queue. So Dante, yeah, we will celebrate your first super on the live stream. No question about it. Thank you, sir. Let me know where your question is, and I will get to it immediately. Tudo says, massive salutes and respect to Big Boss Pat. You too, Tudo, and all diehard Giants fans in America. Epic win, much needed. Greetings from our entire rugby club in Italy. Huge supporter, huge international supporter, and I could talk all day about how much international support I see from Giants fans wherever I go, when I travel to London, when I go to these overseas games, even talking online and really doing the YouTube, I see a lot coming to me as far as international support for the team and also for the content we're providing here and the inside info. Love it. Dante says, Pat, first time on the chat. Definitely won't be the last. Thank you, Dante. I think today was another example of why we need to get high at the ball more. Have you ever seen him field practice, field punts at practice? Just saying. Um, Very rarely. I think Hyatt, when he came into the league, he came in with a a light physical frame. Now you saw in the Buffalo game, he can take a hit to make a play, which was certainly not in his scouting report going into the draft. Guys didn't think he could do that around the league, which is part of the reason he fell to the third round. So not that he can't take a hit, but I'm not even sure the giants are interested in putting him back there, having him take those kind of hits when he can be this impactful and valuable as a weapon in the offense down the field. Um, You know, so I don't expect that to be an option. Um, but certainly the Giants have to figure this out. I mean, Darius Slayton ends up back there at the end, more shorthanded. Um, you know, but the, the fans are onto it, obviously. They're all over uh, the team. You know, Bronx cheers every time a guy makes um, a fair catch successfully or catches a punt. So certainly something that needs to get ironed out. Um, I have seen Hyatt take like one or two throughout, you know, here and there, but, you know, barely any. I mean, mostly it's a Dory Jackson kind of steps back there. Um, and he didn't play today, you know, Sterling Shepard every now and then uh, you see, you know, Eric Gray, obviously. And, um, you know, that's kind of the rotation that we've seen a lot of. And Adoree, of course, we saw he's a valuable player, too. He gets hurt last year returning punts, but then Dable throws him right back there this season as well. So my guess is like if he's healthy again, you know, he's more of an option even than a guy like Jalen Hyatt for sure. Uh, maybe as he kind of puts on some muscle, gets a bit older, more experienced. That's a guy you use that bear back there. I would even see Wandale Robinson being an option um, in that role, maybe as we go forward, not just this season, but maybe in, in future seasons as well. Guy who's quick, uh, but number one responsibility is to handle the ball, sure handedness. And I'm just going to say this. I know I've said this a lot, Giants fans, and we'll get on to something else, but it's a good question from Dante. The Giants, Eric Gray clearly was not the best person for this role in the summer during practice. He wasn't, but they put him there anyway. You can answer your own, go to your own conclusions about whatever the heck that means. Certainly it looks like them trying to force a young player under the field, even though he wasn't the best option at the position. That's how it looked. And that's certainly how it sounded when Thomas McGahee talked this week at his press conference. All right, let's get back into the queue. Uh, Jake uh, Antonio, what's going on? Good to see you. Loyal supporter as well. Jake says, I feel like Kayvon played better last year, but didn't get the stats. Whereas this year it's the opposite. Somehow he has five and a half sacks this year. Um, Kayvon made some big plays in big spots last year and played strong run defense this year. He looks like he's getting to the quarterback, especially in the last like three weeks or so, a little bit more consistently and getting the sacks. Some of the run defenses hasn't always been there, but he did Uh, set the edge pretty well today at times. Um, I like the way he's playing, but 
He said this. He said, I'm weak for that. His dropped interception. You know what we're talking about. A play that could have ended the game and did not. You have to make that play. You know, he saw the end zone. He saw the grass in front of him. He saw everything. He didn't catch the ball. Uh, so you need more from him. Fifth overall pick. He knows that. Antonio says, ugly win, but we got the job done. That's all that matters. Do you expect any of the players that missed the game today? We'll be back next week. Um, we asked Dable about Daniel Jones. He said he doesn't know. I asked Dable if Tyrod Taylor has made an argument to be the quarterback even when Jones is healthy. He did not answer the question. He just said he's a he's a true pro. I'm glad we have him. Who knows what that means? He was very complimentary of how Tyrod played in the game. Um, I think when you watch, the eye test shows you that certainly it looks like if Tyrod were under center next week, you wouldn't completely mind it. But, of course, they gave Daniel Jones a long, a long extension that they're tied into at least two years. He's the young franchise quarterback. Dable has been on the record saying he will be the quarterback when he is healthy. We will see. As far as Andrew Thomas, I think there's a good chance he plays against the Jets. We'll see how he holds up in practice, though. Looks like they're targeting that, but who knows? John Michael Schmitz have no idea. He wouldn't talk about his shoulder at all to me this week. Um, he was all smiles walking in with his Justin Pugh straight off the couch T-shirt coming in today inactive. I don't know if that means anything. Uh, Dory Jackson, don't know. Um, you know, he's been banged up a couple straight weeks. Not sure about that. Evan Neal really been battling a bad right ankle. Don't know about that either. Tyree Phillips, of course, uh, straight off the Eagles practice squad playing right tackle in this game. By the way, I thought the Giants offensive line held up early and then wore down as the game went on. That will happen against the front like Washington's, which even though they weren't making huge plays early, they're all very good. Like they're all pretty good to very good to excellent players, depending on the day. And so uh, that's where Washington's strength of their roster is. And it didn't surprise me that by the end, the Giants were really struggling to hold on there. Um and then I'm, I don't know if I'm missing any other key players that missed, who missed the game there. I think that's it. Let's go to Joel Lopez. Kayvon could have sealed the game for us, but I like how this recent team, no one can make a play when it counts to make a big play. Right. Yeah, no, that exactly. Saquon fumble, uh, Kayvon dropped interception, Sterling Shepard muff punt, um, just a lot of different ways that the Giants nearly lost this game and nearly gave this game back to the commanders. Like I saw at halftime, I think the Giants had an 82% chance to win the game, and that really started to dwindle as the second half wore on. Fortunately, they were able to hold on. But certainly, Joel, I think you speak for all of us probably. I'd be curious what the rest of you think as well. But I think Joel speaks for a lot of us when I say, and I, when he says and when I say it's great to get a win, and a win is a win, but there were so many things that happened in this game that didn't make you feel great either, right? So – Mark Thompson. Uh, yeah, Mark. Giants should have won this game at least 24 nothing, if not 31 nothing. Commanders didn't deserve a point. The Giants' defense were that commanding. Yep, for sure. Concerning that they didn't win the game that way, but also encouraging that the Giants were desperate and got it done. Uh, yeah, Joel says we need a real punt returner on this team. ASAP agreed. Nate. Uh, oh, Nadir. Yes. What's going on, Nate? How you doing? Good to see you. Yeah, we spoke at the Wawa on Lodi on Wednesday. Yes, we did. Diehard fan, do you think the team is better off with Tyrod at uh, quarterback than DJ? Adir, I, I would say this. This is I'm not making an anti-Daniel Jones statement when I say this. This is purely a comment about Tyrod Taylor here. Tyrod Taylor has a calm demeanor and presence about him. I have said this ever since, whether I thought he was going to play a snap or whether he's starting a game. He just is composed and he's calm. He also gets the ball down the field. Like if the ball call calls for taking a shot to Jalen Hyatt or to Darius Slayton and getting the ball down the field, he pushes it there. He gets it there. Uh, he, he makes sure that he gives the receiver a chance. That happens in training camp. It happens in practices. It happens in games, what he does. Now, do I think Daniel Jones is the quarterback when he gets healthy? Yes, I do. But is there a quicker hook maybe if the offense isn't doing well? and is looking dramatically different and much poorer compared to what it's looked like with Tyrod so far? Maybe. That's what I would say. You know, remember, this is a team that's building for the future. And, you know, listen, John Mara and Steve Tisch watched the same game you guys did today. 
as much as Tyrod scored two touchdowns and the offense moved the ball a little bit in these last two games, you're still talking about 23 total points in two games. And I think there's still more head shaking than head nodding going on when it comes to the Giants from front office to ownership to coaching staff to players on down about what's going on here. And I still think this is about what do we have here, right? We've invested money in, you know, this quarterback, this defensive line, this draft pick, this right tackle, this edge, this whatever, you know, what are these guys going to become? Because ultimately that's what uh, you judge the, the general manager and the head coach on. All right, let's get to some more questions. Nadir, thanks for joining. Thanks for following. Uh, really enjoyed our conversation. Okay. Uh, let's see. We have Jake says, did you speak to Shep about the punt mishap? I did not. Uh, by the time I got in the locker room, I didn't see him. Giants Chronicles says Jadon Mickens would be nice to have him back. We need a punt returner ASAP. Also, the Giants are going to go after Judy again as hard as they did last year. Um, I'm not sure why you would be buying right now as the Giants compared to selling. I don't see that. I do, you know, Jadon Mickens would be a good guy to bring back in. He is a good punt returner. He returned punts for the Super Bowl winning Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady's team. So, um, you know, that's that's something I was stuck, I was banging the table for in training camp. Completely, completely agree with you. Dan O'Brien, I saw a question there. It says it was retracted. You should dump that question in the queue, man. Let's go. Need those questions. ASAP. What you want answered, I I can I can tell you. I can share it. Just came out of the locker room talking to Dayball, talking to the players. If you just got here or you are new or you just need a reminder, we do this twice a week normally. We skipped one the midweek this week, but twice a week we do a live chat, typically at halftime of Thursday Night Football, and then after every Giants game as well, post-game live chat. This is an extension of the Talking Ball with Pat Lettered podcast, uh, which we do every week as well. I have some great guests on, and this is me bringing direct to you, the fans, we come out of the locker room after games, talking to the players and the coach, and I download with you here. You ask me anything you want. You can pay for super chats or super stickers. Get it elevated right to the top. I answer your questions immediately when you do it and you're supporting our page. If you don't subscribe, follow already. Hit subscribe on our page, at PL on NFL. Same handle at TikTok, same handle on Instagram, at P Leonard on Twitter. And we are at the NY Daily News website, New York Daily News, nydailynews.com backslash sports, where you can find my story quotes. We've already gone over comments from the players on Brian Dable taking control of the offensive meetings this week. And we've talked a lot about Tyrod Taylor, Daniel Jones, injury updates, who's going to be back next week. You know, the wins, the, the fact that this team is two and five, but made a lot of mistakes. Dan O'Brien down low. Oh, here he is. 999 hitting big here, Dan O'Brien. Did you ask Graham Gano why he missed the field goal? Were his laces out? An excellent Ace Ventura re- reference. Laces out, Dan. They're little footballs. I'm always game for a reference to Ace Ventura. Thank you so much for the support, Dan. And I know this, and he's not going to make this excuse, but Gano did have um, an injury to his left leg this week that had him limited in practice, not saying that's an excuse, not saying the 15 mile per hour wind was an excuse. Uh, But certainly I think Graham Gano wants that one back. That obviously threatened the Giants momentum right away that uh, they got all the way down the field on what at the, at the point looked like, Hey, this could be their best drive of the afternoon. They got to get something here. They don't get in the end zone and then they don't get the field goal Uh, credit to the Giants for kind of fighting back and still getting it. But for a guy who signed a contract extension, who normally is completely automatic, obviously not what you want to see. But Dan, my answer for you there is did not ask Graham specifically about the miss, but I know he was limited all week. And uh, along with the wind and kicking to that side of the stadium at that time of day, I remember him even lining up. I looked over at one of my colleagues and said, it's a little windy from this different distance. This is not automatic. And sure enough, uh, he pushes the field goal and misses it, and the Giants don't get on the board right away until the second quarter when Darren Waller catches that 15-yard touchdown pass. Dan, thank you so much for the support. Huge deal, huge deal there. We love it. We have Tudo. We have Dante. We have Dan O'Brien jumping in with the super chat and the super stickers. Man, this is probably our best live chat yet. They just keep getting better every week. All right, let's see. Jake says we love some international support. All the way from Australia and waking up at three to watch this. No regret. Jake, I can't believe that. I think you told me you were in Australia one time, but I'm 
thinking about this now, putting together how you are joining us and waking up at 3 a.m. To, to watch this. And I really appreciate it. I hope you think it's worth your time. And if you want to know anything else, please dump it in the chat. I will answer it. I can't thank you enough for that kind of dedication. You guys are the reason that I have a job. And uh, honestly, I always say this every year, but um, this is not real work. This is doing what I love. And, um, and you guys are the reason I do it. All right, let's see. Joel Lopez says, we need a punt returner yesterday. I'm sure the coaching staff will have a bunch of tryouts Monday and Tuesday. I would agree. I would agree. Radical Sim says, is the running back obsolete? <coughs> um, I'm not sure if you're being sarcastic there or not, Radical Sim. Um, you know, the Giants, I will say this, they had two guys go down today. Gary Brightwell running back out with the game with a hamstring. Eric Gray got hurt as well on that punt return, I believe. So they only had Barkley and Breda healthy. And then Barkley, of course, hyperextended his elbow. So you could be looking at the Giants needing to uh, add another running back this week as well. Uh, Tuto says, Mark Thompson, much love and respect, no doubt. Giants says, Giants Chronicles says, would like to start seeing Wandale get some more respect. He makes plays when he gets an opportunity. Same with Hyatt. I thought Wandale's play today when he juked that linebacker and cut inside for that 23-yard gain or so. To, I'll be totally honest. I said this at the time. I put it on Twitter. That was the most exciting play I've seen him make as a giant, I feel. I feel like a lot of the times Wandale's catching things underneath, not able to get to that second level, whether it's on his route or with the ball in his hands. Um, he is undersized. I think sometimes he struggles, um, you know, with that physical contact underneath. He's not, like he's willing to take the hit. It's just whether you can withstand it and make a play after you take the hit. Um, you know, I like him a lot. He's a good kid, and um, I love seeing him make plays. Anytime the young guys make plays, that's really encouraging. Um, let's see what happened to Adoree for this game. Thought he was good with his neck. Yeah, Joel, um, really curious with Adoree. Just to re recap really quickly, he left the game in Miami. At first, nothing was disclosed. Then during that week – the defensive coordinator and the secondary coach both said the reason he wasn't playing was you had to ask the trainers and Dable. Then that Friday, Dave, uh, Adoree Jackson suddenly shows up with rib injury on the injury report out of nowhere. So should he have been it on, on it all week? Who knows? Then he hurts his neck, some friendly fire with Xavier McKinney in Buffalo, comes back into the game. Who knows what that's about? And why, why would you put a player back into the game after something that looked that scary? And then he misses this game. So what's going on? Well, I think um, we've seen now Andrew Thomas, Adoree Jackson. These are guys who come back into the games with injuries and end up missing time. Um, you know, I know players want to fight through it, but sometimes they need to be told what's what. Um, and I don't know about his status for next week. I do know, um, you know, it's kind of been teetering on the fence the last couple of weeks. And now he finally ends up missing a game here. Uh, really like Adoree as well. Hope he's okay. Joel says, Pat, they need to teach Banks to stop holding after five yards. The kid keeps getting called for holding. Okay, fair. But I really think an, uh, an underappreciated part of this game was Deontay Banks' tackling and toughness late in the game. Banks made two, at least, maybe three, really good, impressive, tough third down tackles, short of the sticks on his man, to force fourth downs, to force the Washington Commanders offense to go again. He's really tough. Love Banks. Love what he did today and had some great quotes from him post game <coughs> that I can share with you if you'd like to hear. Joel with a $10 super sticker, super chat. Let's go. Let's freaking go, as Tom Brady would say a little bit more directly. Love it. Really appreciate you guys. Man, we are we are crushing it here on the Talking Ball post game pod. Pat, so he says, they need to teach Banks to stop holding after three yards. I love his aggressiveness, but he keeps getting called on it. He will hurt. Oh, will hurt the Giants in one of these close games, for sure. But uh, no, you're absolutely right, Joel. And definitely, there were points in this game, especially in the second half, where they started attacking him. They started throwing to Terry McLaurin. They started going down the field. I just love the kids kind of bounce back, fight back. This is what Wink Martindale said when they drafted him. This is what, you know, Joe Shane and Brian Dable said when they drafted him, that he just plays the next play. He's got a short memory. He's got a short memory. And, um, you know, I really like his toughness. But you're absolutely right, Joel. You know, this is a point that, like Darnay Holmes, for example, the reason Darnay Holmes does not play on defense is because 
even though he sometimes makes really good plays in the running game, even though he blitzes well, even though he's a true pro who competes his butt off, Deontay Banks, or sorry, Darnay Holmes can't stop holding guys. Like he always grabs, even when he's in good coverage, you just can't help it. And like there was a famous quote, uh, at least on the beat that you guys may remember, like Jerome Henderson, I think this was late last year, was asked about what Dar- Darnay needed to do better on defense. And Jerome just said, stop holding. Like he yelled, stop holding. It was a really funny moment, but also like it was just him basically saying, I don't know how many, uh, there's nothing else to say. Like this is the coaching point. He does a lot of things well, but he can't hold. So to your point about Banks, yes, that is something that can bite the team that can catch up with you um, if you don't get it fixed. But I will have a story publishing tomorrow on Banks because I was really impressed with the kid in this game how he fought to the end and how Washington really kind of attacked him. And he held up all the way through the end of a victory. I think that was really cool. And, you know, he had the interception, but I was much more impressed with how he fought at the end. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Joel, thanks again, by the way, for the super chat, super sticker. You are the man. You guys are all great. Love how much support we are getting on this talking ball post game pod. All right, let's see if I can get to these other questions here. Playboy Phil, do you think with the potential scare for Saquon's arm, this game at the beginning, do you see us actually being able to trade him? Plus, if we lose him, we have absolutely no leadership in the locker room. Playboy Phil, my answer to that is this. Um, you know, I saw the reports of how the Giants aren't going to trade Saquon, whatever. If they're not going to trade Saquon, to me, there would, <coughs> if, you know, like if they lose to the Jets and they're still not going to trade him if people are calling, to me, there would only be two reasons they wouldn't trade him. One would be they couldn't get enough for him, which I still think they could get something for him. Not as much, I think, as people think. Maybe, you know, like I, I remember fans saying second or third round pick. I mean, that would be a lot. But could you get a fifth, right? Could you get a fifth and um, or a fourth or whatever it is? Um, or maybe two late picks or something like that. Uh, but the other reason is this. You need fans to come to the games. And if you trade Saquon, you are throwing in the towel on the season to the fans. Like you're saying to the fans, it ain't happening. And and listen, but from a business standpoint, if you really don't feel confident, you're going to have this guy in the building next year based on all the contract stuff, then it's a good business move, especially with how bad the season's gone. But obviously it says to ticket holders, hey, the number one reason for you to come to the stadium and watch our team is now no longer on our team. So that's the reason I think if they don't trade him, that they ultimately don't. That, that's what I think is the crux of it. Um, yeah, so as far as leadership, I mean, guys like Bobby Okereke, uh, there are leaders on this team, uh, but certainly I think you hit the nail on the head of what kind of message that would send for sure. Uh, Poke Demon says, outside of Dexter and Leonard, who else was the best on the D line? Um, I thought, you know, listen, I thought Kayvon was cleaning up some plays well, was playing with some good energy. Uh, But I thought Dexter was really kind of the key to it, disrupting on the inside, forcing Washington either to double him sometimes or just wrecking the play where Sam Howell just struggled having his eyes down the field. He struggled keeping his eyes down the field and he held onto the ball, even if it's an extra half second that a lot of other quarterbacks, he held onto the ball and just gave them an opportunity. Uh, Ashawn Robinson, I heard his name a few times in this game. Ashawn definitely... Um, you know, as a guy who hasn't played as much, who's been out of the lineup a little bit. I'm looking at the stats here as well. Uh, yeah, so Dexter had four quarterback hits, six tackles, two sacks, a tackle for a loss. Um, other quarterback hits, Micah McFadden with two, Kayvon Thibodeau with two, plus the one and a half sacks. McFadden have a half a sack. Leonard Williams with a sack, two quarterback hits. Jihad Ward with a quarterback hit. So did Jason Pinnock, who also had a sack as well. Uh, So, you know, I thought Wink Martindale, when he brought pressure, it was a little bit like um, watching Brock Purdy against the Giants. And Purdy, of course, the Niners end up winning and scoring 31 points. But the way that Purdy was throwing the ball up for grabs sometimes under pressure and really kind of panicking, that's what you saw from Sam Howe in this game. Um, Some of it's on the O-line. I think a lot of it's on Eric Bieniemy refusing to run the ball in key spots. Ron Rivera not managing the game well and not running the ball in key spots, protecting his quarterback. They do not do their rookie quarterback any favors. That is for sure. Giants Chronicle says the team looked like they were playing with heart in the first half like they were last year. 
Do you think there's a way to salvage the season? Patriots, Commanders, and Raiders are all possible wins. Um, listen, they're not playing like a team that thinks the season is over. I do think, though, the writing is on the wall if they lose to the Jets, um, that it's just, it's just not going to happen, even with what the schedule looks like here. Um, I think it's more likely that you know, like this win, I think, showed you that they're not quitters, especially on the defensive side of the ball there with how they're playing. But this game showed you that the Giants team is not quitters and that they haven't thrown in the towel. But it also told you, I think, that even when they play hard and well for their standard this year, they still look like a team that might give it away to, let's just face it, a bad commander's team, a poorly coached commander's team. They have some talent, but man, they are not a good team. I mean, they are just not a good team and they are very poorly coached. So 14, seven in this game, you get a win. doesn't really matter how you win for sure. In all fairness, like the giants look like the better team. A lot of the time against Buffalo and lose last week. So, you know, in all fairness, but like this game tells me the Patriots might be a harder game because Belichick's a way better coach with a similarly poor team. Um, the Raiders, I have no idea how to handicap that game. You're on the road. The Raiders are bad. Uh, the coaches know each other really well. Uh, the Raiders are getting no quarterback play. Um, their defense is, uh, has a couple talented guys, but full of a lot of no names too. Uh, you know, I have no idea how to handle that, handicap that game. I will say this. I think the Giants are on par with the Commanders, the Cardinals, the Raiders, the Patriots. Like, I think that's their level right now as a team. The Giants' defense is playing better than that, but their team isn't better than that. And so that's the level they're playing on. So they'll win some and lose some of those games is usually how it goes. Uh, Jake says, this 23 draft class looking damn good. Everyone contributes, and the late-round picks have a roster spot. Uh, we'll see. I mean, this was a good day for the rookies for sure. Uh, Schmitz is hurt. You know, I liked what Banks did. Hyatt showing some promise for sure. Um you know, Hawkins still need to see more out of Hawkins. I mean, he's playing – he's being asked to do a lot for a six-round pick. Um, there's no question about it. I mean, Jordan Riley's been inactive a lot. Um, you know, who am I leaving out here? Uh, let's see. Who am I leaving out? I want to be fair. Oh, Eric Gray, so far, not great return there. Uh, Javarius Owens, is, is, you know, has basically been inactive all year. So, you know, some, some promise here, but I, I would – I would respectfully uh, disagree with that, Jake. I think that some of the guys are looking good, but I'd need to see more. Um, certainly, I think the Hyatt storyline is very interesting just compared to how the whole league was basically out on him in the draft. And clearly the kid can make plays, right? Is he perfect? No, I mean, he can make plays down the field, which a lot of offenses can't move the ball down the field, and he's making plays down the field. So I think that's interesting um, and encouraging that the Giants took him based on what we're seeing in some of these games. Michael Sarasso says, hey, uh, Giants Chronicles, how the heck did the Patriots beat Buffalo? I guess Belichick lit a fire under that Mac Jones. I will say this, the Bills desperately miss Matt Milano, absolutely, on defense. And I saw it with the Kansas City Chiefs, like when Nick Bolton's not in the game, their defense is completely different. They're unrecognizable. Um, you know, so no excuse. And obviously, who knows where this came from the Patriots. Um <coughs> But in, uh, a big win for them, considering where they were and where they uh, looked like they were possibly headed. Michael Knight says, when Thomas comes back, does Pugh go to left guard? Oh, 100%. And Justin Pugh wants to play left guard. The Giants want him at left guard. That's where they want him. Jeez, Dan O'Brien again jumping in with 499. My guy, what is up? I really appreciate it. Holy cow. Huge support for the podcast. Dan says with his super chat, his super sticker, his second of the chat. Pat, what was your overall takeaway from this game? Do you feel they are getting better? Is there promise for the future? Dante also with another $2. Really respect you. Okay. So Dan O'Brien's question. What's my overall takeaway? Do I feel they're getting better? Is there promise for the future? My overall takeaway from this game is that the Giants have pride and the season's not completely over because they have a defense that can win them a game. By the way, I want to say this. Brian Dable was asked, like, hey, do you feel confident that um, you can win every week based on your defense? And he kind of, like, minimized um, that, that sentiment. Let me actually get you 
the exact quote on this, Dan, because you're asking me this question. So the question was, at this point in the season, are you certain the defense is going to go out every week and give you a chance to win? Gable said, I don't think there's any certainty in a season ever, no matter when it is. You've got to put the work in. You've got to go out there and perform well. That's what it comes down to every week. It's a boring answer, but that's the truth. So wait, given your given a chance to praise your defense, you say there's no certainties in life? What was that? I don't know. But my overall Dan, is that the defense is proud. The defense gives them a chance. And especially against either young or subpar quarterbacks, you have to give the Giants at least a chance in that game because of what Wink Martindale and their pressure does against the quarterback they are facing, like Sam Howell in this case. Do I think they're getting better? Um Offensively, I think there's an argument to be made that with Tyrod Taylor in the game, that they've gotten better. And with Brian Dable running the offensive meetings this week, is that the reason they scored two touchdowns? I don't know. But, um, at, you know, you can't not give Dable credit. If you're going to take credit away from him, like I would if they had no touchdowns and he took over, you have to give him credit for them scoring two touchdowns. Their first touchdown since week three, by the way, on offense – when he takes control of the reins offensively during the week. So do I feel they're getting better? Yes, but um, I do think what's getting in the way, and this answers your question, is their promise for the future. What's getting in the way for the Giants right now is that um, even in a game where they play well like this, there are just so many mistakes they're making, unforced errors. Fumble, you know, the fumble was forced, but like, you know, muffed punt, dropped interception, um, you know, maybe a penalty at a, at a, at a bad time here or there um, dropped passes, missing easy throws on third down conversions, um, you know, play calls that, that result in chase young running free and sacking Tyrod Taylor with nobody blocking him when you're actually doing an okay job blocking and other different protections um, just the giants get in their own way. So is there a promise for the future? Yes. in Deontay Banks's play and Jalen Hyatt's play, and some contributions from some of those young guys. But as far as for this season to completely turn around and the Giants to uh, turn into uh, one of the better teams in the NFC East and the NFC and to make the early start of the season a blip on the radar, I don't think so. I think that'll be tough. Authentic, my guy. See you down there. What's up? We will get there. Good to see you, man. Huge supporter of the show. I really appreciate it. All right, let's get back into the queue. Giants Chronicles says, facts, Michael could have been us last week. Oh, yeah, Buffalo and New England, no doubt. Uh, Dante says, Thomas, Pugh, and Schmitz can be very formidable when healthy together. That's the hope. Dante also paid $2, forgot to get there. Wonder how much this game increased Big Cat's trade value. Yeah, um, I think Leonard Williams has shown that he can help a team. I think we already knew that, like, if he was – like, he was one of the players that if the Giants end up selling, he's a guy that – you could see a team saying, like, even before this game, like, he could give us value, you know, on our defensive front. I mean, usually when a contender is acquiring a guy like Leonard Williams, it's not necessarily to start games. It's to be a part of that rotation and then maybe step in and play more snaps if needed, right? Um, so I agree. I agree. That does help his trade value playing that way. Well said. Mark says, what's become of Aaron Robinson? Aaron Robinson, um, you know, has constantly been hurt and rehabbing, and um, I don't think you should count on him stepping in and getting healthy and being a factor. No offense to him. That's just how I see it. Michael Sarasso says, uh, yeah, I heard Pew on a taped pregame chat. He's actually heavier than before and seems to really enjoy the shifting <coughs> position. Um, no, Pew's lighter. He's lighter, but he's he played that light in Arizona as well. So he got lighter uh, when he went to Arizona, and he's playing light. So he's not as heavy as he used to be. So anchoring on the outside, yes, you can be quicker and move, but anchoring on the off, on the outside can be tough as well. I do think he's more fit. And because as an older guy who's coming off a knee, you need to be in that physical shape. But I've talked to him over the years about not only his left guard, his real position and his main position, but also like, you know, he prefers to play there. Um, I remember when he was a giant, he said that playing tackle could really wear on your back and give you back issues and back pain and issues that playing guard don't necessarily, you know, uh, doesn't happen as often. So he said, you know, the type of blocks you're making, um, you know, how you're being stood up and all those things can impact how your body feels as well. I always thought that was interesting. 
Uh, but I'll go check out that interview you're talking about as well, Michael. Uh, Joel Lopez says you have to listen to Allen's post-game interview. You're talking about, oh, Josh Allen's post-game interview. Okay. Um, let's see. Playboy Phil says, do you see us having a top five pick this season? And would you use it for one of these quarterbacks or get Marvin Harrison Jr.? I think a lot of that's going to depend, Playboy Phil, on what comes of, you know, how how are Shane and Dable getting support from ownership on the direction they want to go? And is that contract from Daniel going to prevent them from making an investment? Is Daniel's injury to his neck a factor in making that selection and investment? Like to me, you're not only looking at maybe drafting a quarterback because of poor play, offensive play, whatever that is, but Daniel's now had two neck injuries in three years. Is this something that you really have to be concerned about as something that either becomes chronic or that you can't count on is not going to happen again? Uh, so I think that the jury's out there, um, you know, but they did commit to Daniel Jones, right? They d- they've committed to Daniel Jones, um, not forever, but in a meaningful way. So, you know, I look at this and I say the jury's out and it's on them to do their due diligence on all of them. Uh, but certainly I think Daniel Jones is owed a chance to come back into the game and to um, step up and try to take control of the offense again. Uh, you know, he had that eruption in Arizona in the second half, and uh, I would never count Daniel Jones completely out because he is a competitor. Um, with that, looks like we're out of questions now. Um, I'm sure you guys have more, but I am going to jet because – Uh, This has been an excellent, excellent, excellent live chat. I can't thank you more. Can't thank you enough. Uh, Authentic's got a question. We'll get to that since you jumped in late. Um, And Authentic's a huge supporter. He's been supporting me, posting clips of this on Twitter as well about uh, the kind of work we're doing here in the community we are building. I really appreciate it, Authentic. Uh, Before I get to Authentic's question to wrap up the chat, I want to remind you, we do this twice a week post game and usually at the halftime of Thursday night football, sometimes Wednesday nights. Sometimes we skip the midweek if it's a short week or things are getting crazy like I did this past week. But we love doing this. We're building a great community here. The super chat and super stickers all time high during this chat. Really appreciate you guys, your support. Dan O'Brien dropping two, Dante dropping two. Uh, you guys are awesome. Everybody who dropped in a super chat or super sticker, that's a way to support the chat. You get your comment elevated right to the top. And I answer it immediately. It's a good way to support what we're doing here. Uh, If you haven't subscribed to the channel when we're done here, please hit the thumbs up or the like buttons now as we chat. YouTube takes that and sees engagement when you do that as we're watching live and spreads the news that we have this and that it's ongoing and that people should jump in. It shares it with related channels. That's how we continue to grow this, this community and what we are doing here. Um, you know, and so I really appreciate all your support. Of course, we have the Talking Ball with Pat Leonard podcast, Apple, Spotify here on YouTube and my coverage with the New York Daily News. You can find us on Twitter, P. Leonard, NYDN, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, at PLN NFL. That's what we're doing. All right. Let's round it out with Authentic, who says salute to you, fam. We appreciate your work. Appreciate you. And his question is, outside of injury, do you see any possibility Jones is not the starter in 2024? My At the moment, right now, authentic, I still don't see a way that the Giants are completely bailing on Daniel Jones, even though I think the fan base really has already. Um, I don't think they are at the point right now. And this no one has told me this like in the last day or two days or three days. But knowing the Giants, knowing how they feel about Daniel, knowing how they operate, how they want to give people a real shot and how Daniel Jones has endured a lot here and how they didn't give him an offensive line to succeed in the first place. I I find it hard to believe Daniel Jones is not the starter next year for the giants. But as we just got into things can change. The neck injury has to be a factor talking about, you know, is this something we have to be concerned about in the future? Could it recur? It's not like you can guarantee a quarterback's not going to get hit. Uh, But at this moment, I still think he's your starter for next year. But um, to answer someone else's question earlier, are they going to, Oh, Playboy Phil said, are they going to have a top five pick? That's still on the table here, guys. That's still on the table. I mean, right now, you know, in this game, Tyrod Taylor took some sacks and you're nearly looking at, is Tommy DeVito going to have to come in? What's going to happen? If Daniel Jones comes back, is he going to be able to stay healthy? Are they going to have to run the offense differently to protect him? Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of factors here. Yeah. Authentic. That's, 
that's the crazy thing about where the Giants are right now. It's the rebuild, but they paid a lot of guys and they committed to this season to try to make progress. And now they've clearly regressed. How far are they going to regress? What does that mean for the quarterback? What does that mean for the coach, the GM, the, 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 the whole operation, the direction they're going in? Are they making progress? There were some signs of at least some arguments to make progress in this game, but it's been very hard to even come by progress at all at this point. Unfortunately, we haven't heard from ownership. John Mara was given a, was given a chance a couple times recently by me and others to talk. Uh, he did not uh, talk to the media at all at one event we attended uh, last week. And then at the owners meetings, he declined says thanks, but no thanks. But I'm always going to say thanks to all my fans and all of the Giants fans and all of our supporters here. You guys are all great. From Jake waking up at 3 a.m. in Australia to Tuto supporting all the way from Italy. Dante, Dan O'Brien, everybody, Joel, all you guys weighing in with the super chats, the super stickers, the great questions. I love doing this. I know you can tell I do, but I'm not, you know, this is genuine, straight from the heart. This is awesome. Um, And remember, we have breaking news like our scoop on Brian Dable taking control of the offensive meetings. You can go see now my story in the New York Daily News. Let's see if I can drop it in the chat before we go. This is my story on Brian Dable and the Giants winning with also with quotes from players after the game, including Darren Waller and Saquon Barkley on um, Brian Dable and the impact it had that he ran the offensive meetings. Mark says, good info, Pat. Keep it up. I'm from Barbados, by the way. Man, oh, man, we're going to have to do a chat where I just start by asking right away, where is everybody coming from? Because clearly this is an even more international uh, chat and community than I even realized, which I really love. And I'm going to have to kind of gear some more content that direction because I already do have some really good relationships, media relationships, NFL relationships, football relationships overseas as well. But I just dropped my story in the live chat there. You can check it out now as we wrap up on the Daily News website. You guys are the best. Thank you so much for joining I will see you next time. If it's not if it's not on the podcast early in the week, we'll be hopefully on Thursday night football halftime, talking Giants, answering your questions, and updating you as the Giants go into another must-win game, especially when you talk about beating your MetLife Stadium roommates, the New York Jets, in Week 8, MetLife Stadium, next Sunday. Can't wait to talk to you guys then. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.